Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello everyone, we're late. We're one minute late. But I have a special guest tonight. Mr. Mr. Scrambled Eggs is here. Everyone loves it when Mr. Scrambled Eggs is here. You're more loved than I am. Yes, dear. Get in closer because I look like massive and you look tiny. But I'm in the tiny chair, a foot, (laughs) two feet behind you. I I have a tiny husband. I'm tiny. No, you're not. You're very tall. Yeah. You do look very short next to me. We have a lot to cover tonight. Tonight we're talking about fitness. We're talking about the new dressage test. We're talking about Catherine Dufour. We have a lot of questions to answer. Where should we what start? Are we saying, what are we saying about Catherine Dufour? Oh, we should start with Catherine Dufour. Catherine Dufour is my favorite writer. But anyways, I found this video. She was doing like the young horse test riding for the Swedish yeah. warm bloods. And so she got on all the young horses. I think they were like three and four year olds. And it was really fun to see her ride. Her position is so good. Like her hands are so perfect and her legs are quiet. And it was cool to see her ride green horses. And and it's hard because she gets on these green horses in this big stadium with his audience and the mic is on and she has to, you know, figure the horse out and entertain the audience and try not to fall off because some of the horses were green horses are green horses yeah like some of them would not stand still and she like half jumps on the horse while it's moving and then you know proceeds to get it to go around the arena and entertain the audience but it was definitely a testament to her um good riding see look amanda says yay both of you hi amanda susan says hi Catherine says, so good to see both of you. Yes, dear. (laughs) Everyone likes it. You're like the favorite. Yes, dear. You are a great teacher. I was listening to you teach today, and um, it was very funny when you were... uh, Gangnam style. Yeah. Yeah. You were... uh, (laughs) He was um, to help one of our students today who gets a little slow in the tempo. He was playing music for her. So... So, it up to tempo. Yes it up the tempo. We were talking about Catherine before someone's asking on Facebook. Okay. So number one topic, which we did today is there's new dressage tests for next year. So if you're planning on showing next year, there are new tests for intro through fourth level. Those are the USDF tests. We did film some of them today. He flew the drone. We tried. We, we haven't told, We haven't checked the video yet. They said there was this SD card was going slow, so we got to load that and see if that worked. Otherwise, we're gonna get some more cards. Yeah, but, but it's, I, it's in process. Yeah, but I think that it um, it's gonna be cool because we'll have the drone view, so you can see from above what the test is supposed to look like, and then we'll have the side view, so I'll be able to talk you through what to do. And there are some significant changes. I think the biggest one is that training three changed. They used to have a three loop serpentine that went all the way across the arena. 
Now they only have the shallow loop serpentine. Oh, Amanda says I'm still the favorite. Herman is second. I'm no, second you're team. definitely, <laughs> everyone loves you. What do you think about the changes in training three? Good? Bad? That's the one where they changed the description of the serpentine. Yeah, but they changed it from a three-loop serpentine, like that goes the all the way loop. across, just to a shallow loop serpentine. Yeah, it, it makes it a bit easier. Makes um, it easier. It's it's an easier way to be successful. Yeah. Because the change of the bend isn't so. I mean, you, otherwise you got three strides and it may not work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's difficult. true. Yeah, I like the shallow loop serpentine too. I think it's good. They also made first level test one a little bit easier. So you no longer have to do a canner lengthening at first level test one, which I think is um, kind of nice. They changed first level test three, they changed second level. So they did make quite a few changes. And I'm going to try to go through and update um, the videos that I have out because I don't want you guys to learn yeah, the, wrong the wrong test. test. It's really bad if you go in the show ring and start riding the wrong test. And believe me, it does happen. So, yes. Why is accuracy so important? He's the accuracy Nazi. Why do we have to ride accurately? Because it's paramount to training of the horse. It puts the horses on the aids. It's just like driving in traffic. If you're on the, if you're on the freeway or whatever, and people aren't staying in the lane, accidents happen. You have to be in control of all of that. And the things that you do with your body to get onto the line, those things are training the horse. And so if you're lackadaisical about the line, then the horse is not really on the aids. He's only kind of on the aids. And so he's already got one foot out the door. But if he's on the line, he's on the aids. And so if something spooks him, he's like, oh, some, oh but I'm on the aids. Whereas if he's not on the aid, something spooks him and he's already halfway out the door. So uh, it works on the trust. It works on the horse's confidence. Um, Straightness. Right. Symmetry. But yeah, definitely. That's, that's, that's in terms of training the, the fitness of the horse and his elasticity and everything. If you Because one side's always easier than the other side. So if you say this is going to be the line, on the harder side, you got to do a bit more, but that puts the horse better on the edge. Yeah, but accuracy is huge. And Herman always loves to put out cones, which I think is really, really helpful. If you're having trouble with your accuracy or your circles, or if you don't have a dressage arena, set out some cones and practice riding accurate circles because it, like you just said, it gets your horse on the edge. Right, and if you're going to walk it, right? So you pick a center, and then just think about a, a compass rose. So you're going to walk 10 paces to north and then back to that center, then 10 paces to the east and then back to center, then 10 paces out to the west and 10 to the south. And now you have 10 paces out and it's a 20 meter circle. Yeah. And then I, you have those cones, you have the visual indicator and you know if you're coming off the line to travel or not. And then you'll make adjustments with your body. And that's how you start to become like a centaur because you're looking at the thing, your butt tells you, hey, the hind leg went that way. Well, you, the hind leg went that way. And so then you'll make an adjustment. Yeah, but it is, I know a lot of you guys, let me know in the chat if you ride in a field or if you don't have a dressage arena, 
And it can be really hard when you don't have a dressage arena to practice your tests and to practice riding accurately. So cones are a really good way. And if you don't have cones, sometimes Herman will just like throw his gloves yeah, in the middle of the I'm not riding, arena. like riding gloves are in yeah. my pocket. So I'll go and I'll put, if so I'm looking and I see, oh boy, that's really just an egg. Then yeah. I'll put my gloves out there as yeah. visual indicators. So you can use gloves, you can use rocks, you can use whatever. But especially if you're showing the lower, like if you're showing intro level or training level, your 20 meter circles have to be accurate and you can make up so many points and make the judges very, very happy. If you ride accurate 20 meter circles, like it's a small thing, but if you're going to go and show your horse, you really should learn where your touch points are and ride accurately because it's a, you always say it's a performance. So. Right. And the judges don't get all excited about the accurate. I mean, they do get excited about the accuracy, but it isn't for the accuracy's sake. It is important for the training of the horse. Yes. Okay. That's enough about tests. We'll have some new um, tests coming out for you guys soon. Our next topic is about rider fitness. Those of you guys that are part of the 30 Days to Round Challenge, this week we've been really focusing on rider fitness. I gave you guys some exercises to work on your connection from the ground. Um, we're also doing the scrambled eggs challenge, which has been fun. One person was standing on like this little uh, fake horse. It was like a horse statue and doing her scrambled eggs challenge. So that was really fun. Um, why is rider fitness important? You've been on a fitness trip. Yeah, I've been, I've been. Tell everyone about your fitness trip. Um, why? <laughs> because you have to inspire people to get fit. I don't like the way I'm my my fat is basically. <laughs> That's the long and the short of it. I got too much fat, and uh, and so we've moved into this the leisure village, and the gym is part of the thing. And in the other house, you know, I had so much to do. Uh, I wasn't making time to take care of myself. And so now, because the gym is here and it's close and it's walking, I'm going like five days a week and my stamina is up, my endurance is up. I don't get so tired. I'm sleeping better. And that's what I have to say about that. What about your riding? Are you noticing any difference in your riding because you've been just, working out? Everything's just easier. It's easier to get in the saddle. It's easier to stay in the saddle. I'm not getting this tired. Um, just overall my my help my endurance is better yeah so i just don't get as tired and so whatever i do it doesn't wear me out i don't get to fatigue yeah all right for those of you guys that are watching live let us know in the chat what you do um for your fitness out of the saddle let's see lee has a question how do you make your offhand better at scrambling eggs brush your teeth with that hand <laughs> Brush your teeth with your off hand. And when you find yourself jabbing yourself in the cheeks, you'll be like, wow, I better get this under control. So you just force yourself throughout the day. When you have an opportunity to reach for something, do it with your off hand. And you, you need to increase the pathways from your brain to that off hand. It's like, it's like a super highway or it's like an overgrown trail in the woods. <laughs> the more you use it, the better that trail will be. So whenever you have an opportunity, and I always do that one about brushing my teeth with the offhand, but get a door, get a fork, everything, just 
throughout your day, use your, unless you're going to go take up martial arts now, uh, you just use your offhand all day long. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Mindy says that um, Simba's happy that you're working out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's see. Um, someone else, Donna does Pilates. Indri Pilates does is great. Pilates Olymp- really is great. Yeah. Pilates is so much, I always say Pilates is like, dressage for the rider because it's so much about symmetry and like control and placement so pilates is great indri does weightlifting cardio and extra abs mindy does hiking peloton and free weights jen does yoga pilates lots of walking someone else rides a stationary bike marine running boot camp classes and physical therapy elliptical i lift weights yoga farm chores, wood splitting, walk miles. Um, wow. You guys are awesome. Lots of lotness fitness people here, but definitely it's so important. Like riding cannot be your only form of fitness. You need to be doing something else outside of riding so that you can ride better. And I think that's really, really important that you're when you get in the saddle, you need to be in control of your body and you have to do things out of the saddle to basically like wake up your muscles. I think that's what you feel is when you're exercising, your muscles are awake. So when you go to get in the saddle and you need to put your leg on or ride a half halt, like, yeah, like you have muscles there and everyone's routine is a little different. I think depending on your age and your fitness level and what works for your body. Like her mom does a lot of swimming and that's yeah, good for um, you. I blew my knee up and, uh, and then I didn't get to train for a long time. I did. I used to train a lot, but, uh, then I hurt my knee and became sedentary. So that was really, really <laughs> terrible. But you, you also go diving and, you know, yeah, ride. that's the thing. Like, so yeah. we, when lobster season opened and it was quite successful, that was last weekend. So I was gone for three days and, uh, and, you know, you were carrying scuba tanks and the weights. and the, the, But anyway, the the working out I've been doing for the last couple of months, I didn't get tired even doing that. The, the scuba tanks didn't weigh like they used to weigh. The weights didn't. At the end of the day, I wasn't dragging going, oh, man, I need a nap. I was still fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important. Mindy's asking how my vegan fitness challenge is going. It's going good. I'm, I'm not totally compliant because I try to be mostly vegan. We try to eat mostly vegan, but when Herman catches fresh halibut, then I just can't pass that up. So it's like kind of, but I've been doing a lot more. It's organic, (laughs) but I've been doing a lot more weights actually, like a lot more weight training. And I definitely feel a difference in my riding. Like I feel stronger I feel more aware of my muscles and my body. And I think it's also important. Part of why I think exercising is important is because it gives you empathy for your horse. Like when you're an athlete yourself, then you have more understanding for what your horse might feel like, or like how your horse needs to develop muscles and stretch and how your horse might feel sore or how your horse might get stronger. So at least for me, when I'm working out, I have more empathy for my horse. Okay. We have questions. Um, this is a question from one of our Patreon. No, that really is a good point. You can't develop a seat without sitting on the horse. Oh, yes, that's true. 
I mean, yes, all the, the point, somebody said something about all the exercise yeah, in the Dottie. world isn't going to, I mean, you have to sit on a horse and you have to ride and you have to get your hips falling. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. Yeah. You, know, you have to yes. do both. I mean, sitting around getting fit isn't going to help you ride if you don't ride. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, nothing replaces your time in the saddle and that is for sure. But if you can if you can only ride one lap around and then you're so out of breath that you have to take a rest, you need to do some cardio. You need to do something out of the saddle to help you. Like you can't expect, it's not fair to your horse to expect that your riding is your right, only form of fitness. The horse needs you to be able to last, you know, 15 or 20 minutes at a shot, maybe. Yeah. And also I mean, I, the test is seven minutes long. So you better be able to ride for at least seven minutes without stopping. Yeah. And also, I think a big thing, at least for me, part of my workout routine is focusing on my symmetry and my straightness. Because if you have old injuries or if you're crooked or asymmetrical or like one hand is more dominant than the other, then that's something you need to focus on out of the saddle. And also, like when you do your barn chores, the way you sleep, the way you sit, all of those habitual activities affect your straightness which affects how you sit in the saddle which affects your horse so all of it matters okay we're on to questions question uh this first question is from patreon this is from sherry so she has a five-year-old pre who likes it sounds like when she rides him he puts his head really really low and then he scares himself. So like he puts his head so far down that then when he puts his head up and she's on him, he gets like surprised and scares himself. He scares himself when his head comes up. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I think it's always important that when you're training a young horse, you need to kind of take charge and show them what you want. You can't just let the horse like do whatever they want. And so most young horses put their head up too high and you kind of have to teach them to drop their neck. But if your horse is like riding around with their head in the dirt, you probably need to bring them a little bit more up for their balance and help them find their balance. And also like where your horse's head is, that does very much affect their vision because horse's vision is kind of like um, a narrow strip. That's why when your horse is afraid of something, like if your horse is afraid of an object, they'll scan it, they'll put their head up and down, and they'll move around left and right so they can see it. So um, so your horse does have different field of vision than you do. And but in this instance, I would say try to keep your horse's head a little up, don't let them just put their head down, because that's also going to put them on the forehand. The other thing I'm thinking about is contact. Um, yeah, you know, the contact is it's like a security blanket uh, for dogs now. What are those 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 vests that they wear for the thunder vest? Yeah, the thunder so vest. That 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 wrapping around that hugging gives them support, and your reins are that for the horse. Now you know you can't make the horse smile. I mean that's not contact. You just, but you have to give the horse security with those reins. And what she was saying about making his head not go too low. You, it, the right amount and that's the tricky part it's not this is too hard and this one's too soft you have to get with the right amount but it needs some contact because 
that's the security blanket for a young horse is that you're there for them. He's not just all loose and then his head flies all over the place because then he will be scared. And if he's looking for you to be the leader, that contact's going to help that relationship. Okay, next question is from Christy. Can you, this is a good one. Can you please review the aids for leg yield with a head to the wall? What should the horse's body be doing? This is one of your favorite exercises. Yeah, and then right into shoulder, counter shoulder in. So in the head to the wall leg yield, uh, and I won't get out there with a protractor, but your 33 degree angle, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the haunches are displaced, the haunches are displaced, here's your track, the haunches are displaced to the inside, the shoulders will stay on, on that track. So the shoulders, here's the wall, here's your horse, it'll look like this. The horse's head, his forehead would be facing out of the arena, the front legs are on the first line, and then the haunches are on the second line. The flexion, right, is in the direction of travel. So if you're leg yielding, you're traveling left, the horse will be bent right, moving left down the wall. Here's your wall, your horse, this would be straight. Now your horse is this way, moving down the wall like that. Yes. So that, but the aids, oh, yeah, for, the, the aids. aids for the head to the wall leg yield are inside leg and outside rein. Those are yeah. the aids for a leg yield, period. So to, you're, if, if you're if the haunches aren't coming off the track, you're out your left hand, then the one that's on the inside of the arena, but on the outside of the horse, it isn't making a good enough half halt backwards outwards towards the horse's hind leg, right? So you've got to kind of stop the outside shoulder and push the haunches in, yeah. So it's right leg to left hand, it's not let go of the left range, then the horse is going to right run through that. So get up here so here we are we're straight right so we're going to do this you can't see the legs oh look at your muscles you're showing everyone your muscles <laughs> so we're here right this is straight we're traveling left but we're going to flex the horse to the right your hands are going to kind of half hold you this way to stop the shoulder but your right leg will push him over <laughs> hey nice miming i like that but yeah, the, the head to the wall leg yield, the reason it's a good exercise is twofold. One is that the wall, like, especially if you're in an indoor arena, the wall kind of acts as Actually a half halt. Halt. So it helps if you have a horse just, just running through the leg yield aids that you like can't actually get it to cross over. The leg yield with a head to the wall also helps the rider because sometimes when you're in the middle of the arena, you're like, I have no idea. Like, is my horse crossing over? Like, I really don't know. So when you can associate the leg yield with a wall, then that helps you to know, like, if you have the right angle, because you can associate, like you said, 33 degrees with the rail. And so then you know whether or not your horse is actually moving over. So um, for those of you guys that are in strides, November's topic is all about leg yields. And I show you exactly how to do the head to the wall leg yield. And I also show you how to teach your horse to do it from the ground. Because I think if you're having trouble with a leg yield, sometimes doing it from the ground um, can really help you. Because when you do it from the ground, you can actually see if your horse is crossing their legs over and you can explain it to your horse better. And then out of the rule book, the shoulder leads slightly. So you want to think about that shoulder 
over the outside hind leg, not over the inside hind leg. Because if you got it over the inside hind leg, then the haunches look like they're leading, and then it's harder for the horse. You want to get them flexed and their shoulder over and their mass moving. Then there's a comment there about it's difficult to keep it straight. So that would be that you're not got enough outside rein controlling the outside front leg. Generally, generally that's the issue is that the outside rein isn't doing enough. So the shoulder goes too much. Yes. That's the most common fault. Oh, Devin wants to know about strides. So strides is a program. It's a monthly membership where I, it's basically like my core students. So it's currently closed. Um, we'll be opening it up at the end of 30 days to round again. So if you're interested in joining. Okay, next question is from Nicole. So she, this is an inter another question about a horse putting their head down a lot. So she's riding a school horse. At the second half of the lesson, the horse slowly puts her head down to the point where her nose is almost touching the ground. The weight of her head is pulling me forward, especially at the trot. And this results in me either having to hold the reins at the buckle so I won't fall forward. Um, is this normal? Should I keep pulling her head back up? My instructor told me not to resist it, but her head is just so heavy. What should I do? My first thought is, yes, I have seen that before. <laughs> I've met many a school horse that has a wristwatch and they do their time and they're yeah. like, okay, I'm done now. So I'm laughing because I've seen that more than once. I don't know how horses tell time, but I've seen them do it. Uh, and no, then the other thing is, yeah, I don't really much resist that. I will let them take the rein and give them a kick because if they're going to trip over their lips, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. If they can lean on you, then they're leaning on you. They don't have to balance themselves. So um, I tend to soften the rein and drive a little bit and then start making the half halts and bring them back up and not really pull them up, uh, although maybe. But generally, it's a little soft, drive a little more forward, then start shortening the reins and ride them more up. Yeah, I I would be I would do it a little different. I think the first thing is that you have to make sure you're sitting back. Oh, Don't yeah. let the horse pull you forward over their head. And then, you know, when they go to go that much down, I would kind of like maybe give a little bump up, but then slack in the rein again because it takes two to pull. So if you're hanging on the rein, they're going to try to pull. That's why they're pulling. So I would kind of bump them a little up and then get light again. But I think it's also um, if your horse is pulling down that much, it puts them on the forehand and they might trip. So that's something that you also want to think about. Okay. Next question um, is from Stacy. My horse will go round but when you pick up her outside shoulder to help her stand up, she'll start tossing her head for a few seconds and then go back to round. When she does this, do you act like a human side rein, push the horse forward, or is there another option? Read that one again. Yeah, I'm not sure what exactly what she means. Just start again. Okay, my horse will go round, but when you pick up her outside shoulder to help her stand up, she will start tossing her head for a few seconds and then go back round. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that your your horse is getting crooked and falling through the shoulder, so you're trying to do a little counter flexion because the horse is bagging out here, so you're trying to get it up this way. It sounds like it's the right idea. You're just coming at it too hard, too yeah. fast, and you want more, more steps. Just take more time. Secure the outside rein, then flex it, then move it. Uh, just take more time and work your way into that. 
making and also, those shoulders stand up. Yeah. It sounds like you're hurrying it and slapping her in the teeth. But. Yeah. And also leg, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this, Obviously. Yeah. The yeah. sequence of aids is always seat, leg, rein. Like, that's how, no matter what you're doing, if you're riding a half fall or if you're going to do a transition, it always starts from your core, your center, your leg, then your rein. And that's really hard to do because our brains are wired. Because we use our hands for everything. Yeah. The pathways, what we were saying about earlier, the pathways from our brains to our hands, we need to use our hands for everything. You get a sandwich, you open the door, you turn the key. We don't do, do a lot of brain to butt. We only do that to the other girl's point, whatever. But you have to be in the saddle because you have to develop the pathways from brain to butt. And so it's a rewiring that has to happen. And that has to happen consciously. You have to think, wait a minute, first see leg then the rain and that's those preparatory steps that will allow you to work your way into your horse yeah i mean the idea is that very few of your aids come from your hands most of your aid should be coming from your seat and your leg as your horse gets more trained, more trained. and that your hands are really just supporting what you're doing with your body yeah yeah okay Let's see. Sandra says, I don't have a dressage saddle yet, but my general purpose saddle has a tendency to slip. I have a very strong elasticated bit on each end of the girth, which does not give much. Any ideas? Round Welsh cobs. Um, yeah, that's tricky. I think saddle fit is really important, and it's important that your saddle sits straight in the middle of your horse because if your saddle slips to the side, what happens is that the panel of your saddle will be sitting on your horse's spine and that is very, very uncomfortable for them. So you want to um, make sure your girth is tight. Sometimes those ergonomic girths can help like the ones that go forward um, between your horse's legs if they're really round. And then, yeah, have a saddle fitter, try to get your saddle to sit straight. It's not good when it's sliding around. So, yeah, the first, I mean, if you can't make that girth work because the elastic isn't got a lot of give. Yeah, it sounds like maybe not enough give. Get a different girth, get a different saddle. Go with a different girth. Uh, you could try just like a regular um, bathroom towel, like you dry and put that underneath because that may give you a little more friction, not slide so much. Kim does that. Yeah. She puts a towel down underneath her saddle pad. Um but yeah, the biggest thing is to make sure it's wide enough in the gullet that it's spreading over the spine. Because if it's too narrow, they spin too. That yeah, it's, moving saddles is a tough problem. Yeah. Okay, here's one more question before we go. Does too much counter canter? This one's from Don Rizzo. Does too much counter canter make it harder to teach the changes? The thought behind this is that the horse becomes so balanced in counter canter that they don't want to change. Also, are you be going to do a changes workshop? I've been filming a lot on flying changes because I do want to do a like a mini course on flying changes because I think they're really hard to teach. But what's your opinion? What the flying changes? On the counter canter. Um, I think that really, I mean, I've had horses, it goes both ways. When I was uh, first starting out and there was like, you know, the prerequisite is counter cannon, the prerequisite is counter cannon. The pre so I'm counter cannoning every horse for, you know, years on end. <laughs> and uh, and then they were like, why would I change? Yeah. 
Some horses, right, I've actually taught the changes to first for that exact reason. Um, I have horses that are really easy and want to make a change and don't want to do counter canner. And so I'm like, well, I'll teach them the changes. And then I, then I have more trouble teaching them the counter canner. So it's a tricky thing. And uh, bring, your, bring your experience to bear. Um, uh, I'm going to say that I do most of my horses counter canner first. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's how it's classically taught. That's why in second level, you do counter canner before you teach the changes. But I had a couple of horses that just loved to do changes. So then I did changes and then it was equally hard to teach the counter canner. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that you should, you do need to do counter canner before changes, but also there's kind of a window of if you're like, it's easier to teach horses when they're younger, the changes. If you have like a horse that's really old and that has do, done counter canner to life, 10 years, it's really hard to teach them the changes. So I would say usually they do counter canner at like second level, say a year, and then you start teaching them right. the changes. But one thing that I think is really important about counter canner is that the counter canner is kind of a test of your horse's balance and engagement. So that's why you do it before you teach your horse the changes because the counter canner teaches your horse to sit on their hind leg. It teaches your horse to stay more collected and engaged. It makes your horse straighter. And all of those things are really important to be able to execute to do a, a change. change. And the counter canner isn't, it isn't the, it isn't an end. Right. The counter counter is what you're using to improve the horse's balance and collection. Right. And so once you have that, you want to get to the changes rather quickly. So to your point, right, if you counter canter for years on end and never get to the flying change, well, then, yeah, for sure, it's going to make it more difficult. So you want to get the benefits of what a counter canter does. And when you have them, get on to the changes. Yeah. But the changes are tricky and um, every horse is a little bit different. Some horses learn the flying changes really easily. Some horses, it takes a long time. It takes them like maybe a year to, to learn. And it, it does, things can get a little hairy when you teach your horse the changes. And because everything has to be exactly yeah. right, right now. It isn't like you yeah. say, oh, okay, I, you know, my shoulder in, I need more angle. And then you can sort of it's no it's right now yeah and so you got to set it up do it and you know you might like with uh q i look like my favorite martian i could see i was watching in the mirror and i saw both his hind feet grow out of the back yeah. of my head he planted both front feet and he did that for months yes when you start teaching your horse the changes <laughs> you better you better get some velcro and make sure you have uh your basics down can so. be exciting and but again some horses yeah, Q had bad history. So when I went to do that, he got all kinds of excited. But some horses, um, Julie's horse, just like, oh, changes, bank. Yeah. All right, everyone. That was super fun. Thank you for joining us. Everyone likes it when you come. Yes, dear. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that was super fun. Thank you all for your amazing questions. And keep up the good work. Stay fit. Stay riding. Oh, here's my quote to leave you with. Do one small thing every day to get you towards your goals. I love that quote. It's from Amy. Um, she's part of my 30 Days Around Challenge and Strides. 
And I think it's really important that you stay consistent and just do one little thing every day to improve your riding or to improve your fitness or to improve your mindset, be more grateful, because I think that that is kind of the key to life. It, if you right. want to get good at anything. And it could be, um, you know, visualizing yeah. your transitions, visualizing your tests, reading an article, Googling up something, but something every day towards your goal. Yes. One thing every day towards your goal. Let us know next week if you've done one. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.